Welcome in, everybody. Three o'clock on the dot. Can you believe that with the countdown? Never going to happen again. I can guarantee you that. Welcome in to Brass Ring Media, our new uh, Monday show, Monday Mania, featuring myself, Tyler Sage, at Ring of Tyler. Thank you all for joining. Will sometimes be a solo show, sometimes be a, uh, you know, have guests on, what have you. So thank you for joining on the very first one of these. And uh, three o'clock every Monday. Zach posted the lineup, so you can please check our uh, Twitter for our, our schedule. Tracy's here, day one. Thank you, Tracy. And, uh, yeah, this is three, Zach and I, Tuesdays, um, Zach on Wednesday, me and Zach on Thursday, and Robert on Thursday. So very exciting stuff going on here. Thank you, everyone, for joining. I'm going to get some plugs in, do my best, Zach um hey Dorn here so please you are all watching the youtube so thank you if you are not yet subscribed uh, please do so hit that bell notification i assume you know everyone watching right now has gotten that same thing where the beautiful algorithm of youtube has, has put you here so thank you for that but if you're not please do that also you can check out our um sub stack which is free um and then occasionally paid stuff for our patron members by zach and myself so check uh, Brass Ring Media Substack and put that into Google. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all there. And then we'll get into Patreon later, but I appreciate all of you joining right now. Get into the why you should be a patron member and uh, all that good stuff. But yeah, you guys are popping in the chat. Um, so thank you. I, was, I had my Zach uh, plug sheet on in the other page because, you know, I'm not good at that if you, if you guys are loyal listeners. So thank you as always. Um, so yeah, lots of interactivity here. Obviously, any super chats will jump to the top, but I will undercut myself because you guys are day ones, and I will pull non-super chats as it is a solo show. So um, a lot of we want Cody hashtags in the chat here. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I you know another reason to be part of our Patreon is to get on our Discord, and I asked in there today, you know. What do you want to talk about? Not the Cody joke, but actually, what do you want to talk about? Because Zach and I covered the the Rock Cody stuff. Obviously, the number one trending on Twitter slash X, I think, was after Zach and I had recorded, um, or it was right as we were recording, and neither of us were on actively. So, you know, that being the number one trend uh, on Twitter at one point is, is pretty crazy, not just in the wrestling space, but it was, you know, number one had like 40,000 tweets in a, a period of time. So super interesting that that was the case. So, you know, let's get into it. We had, you know, curious, let me see, let me look through, uh, da, da, da. let me see who is for, uh, you know, Matt wants Cody. So I'll pop you up here, Matt. Thank you for joining. Steve is a, we want Cody member. I think you guys are all with Ricochet and whoever else. I'm trying to think who else was in there. Uh, John Cena's on team Rocky. I think we want Rocky is, is what he posted. So um, an interesting situation. Matt is popping in here. We want Cody. I don't think they'll pivot. It won't hurt Cody, but it'll hurt the feud. The Fed, the Federation, sorry, not the feud. I just don't know how they recover to where they were before. Yeah, I mean, you know, Zach and I talked about this. Oh, yeah, Logan Paul. Thank you, Matt. I'll pop that up as well. Um, Logan Paul was, we want Cody as well. So, you know, it's kind of that 
especially you know you guys got me in a million different directions this is why uh zach is always good for me to to keep me on the relatively straight and narrow when it comes to topics but logan paul is an interesting case he is somebody who could totally stop wrestling in wwe and be just as financially secure as he was before right he does it because he likes it and the extra cash is always good but he's a guy who is back there a lot and has more say than like a ricochet which is an interesting case study to uh to come of it so one thing to think about here as we get to i'll pop up uh matt's super chat here so everyone can read that for a minute but yeah i mean hurting the fed if you agree or agree if you know depending what you guys all take Dave Meltzer's reporting over the last 24, 48 hours of this deal being set and in place on January 3rd as part of the deal to get Rock total access to the name Rock. And uh, as a board member, the choice to then book Cody to win the Rumble, you know, is, is so strange. And, you know, I, I don't know if anyone has seen that actively reported or it was again like to me i don't know if i want to give the benefit of the doubt to the creative team here but it seems impossible that that was the case and it wasn't like punk winning and punk just knew he tore his tricep and didn't want to relinquish and i don't know he didn't seem like a guy who he probably want to win the royal rumble anyway right even if he was new he was hurt <laughs> so as i speak that out loud into existence it uh kind of rebuts my own argument there so yeah, I don't know. It's it's you know, as Dave said, there's dozens of options or two dozen. Like I don't, I don't see how that's possible unless you're involving every member of the roster as a potential triple threat or a way for Cody to get to that spot or what have you. So as of right now, it seems if I had to guess, um, and I'm curious what all of you think, it seems like it's kind of the just right down the middle that we are um, Roman Brock and Cody and Seth seems to be what I would give the slight edge to at the moment. Um, next to that would be probably a triple threat involving the three people we've talked about is my, you know, let's say 60%, the first option, 30%, the second option there with the triple threat, and then 10%, some sort of match that somehow negates Cody's opportunity slash it puts it on the line with like an Okada, someone coming in. That feels like a big time match, you know, 10% in some situation. Might even want to be lower as I talk that out loud, but curious where you guys are on that as well. Um, I know Dr. Ross is uh, triple threat coming. So, so we'll see there. But, you know, tonight on Raw should be interesting. We are five hours, give or take a couple minutes, from it occurring on our, on our screens here. And it's been... Uh, announced that I think it's the main event. Someone please correct me in the chat if I have that incorrect. But uh, it's uh, Cody and Nakamura in a bull rope match for the uh, for no, no top, neither of them have titles, but um, as the main event for the show. So interesting, you know, uh, he was attacked backstage by Nakamura at a house show. Um, and, and so we're continuing that, finishing that which seems like a diversion for him to talk about what's going on here, which is not a good sign for the pro Cody getting in the spot camp and is a way for the general audience to just accept that he's out of that spot and what happens from there. I'm not sure, but it's also very much a W Cody from that booking standpoint of 
should be a good match and kind of go above and beyond to put his body in the line to get to remain over with the crowd. It seems like a double whammy for that on that perspective, but it's certainly going to be beyond strange if that's what we get tonight. You know, a feud that was over, you know, little to no interaction in the rumble to um, foreshadow a continuation here, a feud that Cody won two of the, the first two matches on television. And, you know, is this something that gets him to have another match at Elimination Chamber with Nakamura? Does it put both of them in the Elimination Chamber match to do one of the many Dave Meltzer options on what's going to happen? Or does, does Cody, you know, win at Mania, right, as one example, and then take on Roman to unify the belts, which would be chaotic for a belt that's less than a year old to do that? Does he win the elimination chamber and get to cash that in whenever he wants after maybe losing to Seth at WrestleMania, uh, you know, uh, or does it just make it to a triple threat and he decides to leverage that for both? I don't know. You know, so as you talk it out more and more, and I'm sure you guys are all on the same page, having thought about it, etc. It's uh, you know, it's just strange. Like, so Cody doesn't talk tonight and just wins this match uh, in what will be a, very solid television match, probably 20 minutes, a good main event, um, a main event anywhere in the world, some would say. Then, I don't know, it just prolonging the inevitable needing to talk about it. And for the guy whose character is not as stupid as he showed on Friday and who always wants to talk, ask what to talk about and talks about it. It's just an interesting move for the character from the creative side. So let's get to some super chats. That's my take from the additional time here. But... Let me make sure I go in order here because you guys are destroying the chat. So I appreciate you with the interaction. Sean pops in. Hello, Sean. Thank you for your contribution as always. Where do you think Drew goes from here? I don't know. I mean, Drew's been, you know, Drew and Sammy seemed like a good option for something. And then they, you know, had the main event of Raw last week. It's, (laughs) you know, is there someone that my, my guess, I mean, him and Jay, you could reheat that back up as having issues with him. If Jay is not involved with Jimmy, which would seem like a mistake. Um, so there's that. He could be like a pseudo friend of the bloodline. Um, you know, you could have him and Randy as some sort of cross promotion match. I think could be pretty good. Get that big time Randy match where he always wins. But yeah, I mean, he's a guy who is suffering in the moment. Who Someone who is certainly, in my opinion, resigned with WWE because you don't do all the stuff laying the groundwork for a CM Punk first feed when he comes back than what Drew's doing and what he did do in person and what he's doing on social media, et cetera. So um, I don't know. I think it's bigger than anything I just laid out there. Um, you know, maybe if there is that special attraction match outside of rock and Roman where, you know, I'm not saying bad Bunny's coming back to wrestle or anything, but if there's some sort of, Celebrity, celebrity adjacent, lower tier legend match. Um, it, it seems like Drew would fit into that equation pretty well. Um, or if there's some big time, not for a title tag team situation, I just don't know who he would combine forces with to get into that spot. You know, does Damian Priest, you know, do him and Finn not have a match? So is it Damian Priest and Drew? Because they've interacted in the past and they take on Sammy and KO. 
you could easily get there. So is that less than hopeful for what's going on here? Certainly. But is there anybody that you couldn't put that on as well of like, certainly not what we all expected Cody to be doing. It's not what we expected Seth Rollins to be doing, CM Punk because of injury to be doing, Drew to be doing. You know, it's that classic WWE um, just conveyor belt, if you will, of guys that are holding down the fort for nine months out of the year are then downgraded, the Kevin Owens syndrome of it all, right? People who are owning the show, controlling it, move out of the way for the Romans, the Rocks, the Logan Pauls, um, et cetera. Right. So I think it's just unfortunately like the, the three months, you know, late January to early April are casual fan season and getting the big names in and the people that are getting the butts in the seats, so to say, week in a week out are taken down a notch from a booking standpoint, which is unfortunate. So, but, you know, we've myself, Zach, everyone, you know, Relative as universally as you can in wrestling, have been keeping praise on WWE for a couple months now, and I definitely feel the the tide turning. So um, I'm sure you guys feel somewhat similar, at least in some respects. So let's get to another super chat here. We got Matt popping up again. Cody is a is the best built babyface since Cena. They screwed it in almost 20 years. They haven't had a babyface in this great of a position. Agreed. I mean Daniel Bryan. Fits the other mold, and that's like another theory that I've I've seen out there. I'm sure you guys have as well of make him the martyr and get him over even more so. And yes, that works if he wins at WrestleMania against Roman in a way that a babyface would win, right? If he has a match to qualify to make that triple threat match, and then pins Roman, Rock can look strong. You know that's fine, but then like the way that they promoted it, and I know you're not saying that this would happen, Matt, because you said they blew it. But like, you know, you could have presented that triple threat in its own way if you had to do it, and uh, in this way, it just doesn't fit the character. So, yeah, it just, they had him in a great position, and now depending what he does, no matter what, that moment is gone, and I don't think you can wait another full year for WrestleMania to do this. I think if Roman is going to beat Rock, which seems like the less awful version of this, unless it's, you know, Rock wins and he's going to defend at SummerSlam and then WrestleMania as like the continuation of this belt that's not really ever defended, then, um, yeah, it just, he loses all momentum. And if Roman does win, you have to have Cody win at SummerSlam, in my opinion, or else you're, you're just, you know, you're getting 80%, 70% on the dollar, um, 70 cents on the dollar of the reaction you would have gotten. And then it feels like forcing and contrived of like, okay, now we're finally doing this. We feel like we're a year behind in booking, in the storytelling process. It'd be like in an AEW equivalent if, I don't know, if you waited a year. This is a much smaller version from storyline perspective. But, you know, if we didn't get the devil stuff, like if MJF and Adam Cole are both healthy right now, and they don't get to the devil stuff until all in, you know, this year when they're interacting for six months on TV. It just doesn't make any sense. Just do it and, um, and get it over with. So Matt, thank you for the super chat as always. And then Zach is in here. Oh, as my chat is. Um, okay. Zach, thank you. This feels like an opportunity for AEW to see some momentum with WWE embroiled in the Cody controversy and a looming indictment. Yes. So thank you for bringing this up. Um, for sure. Want to talk about the Vince stuff as it's just, 
something that you can't quantify. And, you know, I know we talked about me and Zach on, on Saturday for the special show. And then we did a member show that we didn't really buy this being a distraction from like a on purpose standpoint of releasing this, but certainly working in the wrestling space as being like, we want Cody thing is taking away from the bad PR, um, for maybe that general fan of like, what's going on over here? Rock's back and people hate it. That's weird. I'm intrigued by this as opposed to, hey, the former CEO, the the creator of modern WWE is embroiled in a sex trafficking, you know, rape potential indictment coming up, um, or at least an indictment for use of federal use of money incorrectly to for hush money payments. Right. That I think that was the origin of that um, probe and why his phone got taken. Uh, per reporting. So, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, Zach. This feels like an opportunity for AEW. And um, if you guys will allow me, I'd like to talk a little bit about that going forward, what that means, what the positive spin on AEW can be um, going forward as a result. But yeah, I, I, I would totally agree. And um, we'll see where it goes because if this spins the wrong direction and you have fans who jump in because they want to see The Rock, you don't retain a heavy number of them and he wins or that match happens just him and Roman. It, it feels like that, you know, following pay-per-view where you certainly are going to have Cody versus somebody, or if Seth's still the champion versus somebody as your main event, you're back into that form of, Hey, we need these guys that we lessen their importance in the most important time of the year. Now to step up again and, and cover all these PLEs and, and, and make our three hours of TV on Monday and our two hours of TV on Friday impactful. Um, it just feels like there's going to be a turning of public opinion by the general audience, the, the hardcores and by hardcores. I mean, people that watch every week, WWE and they have, they do in March and they do in September, you know, as well, right. When f- they're watching Monday night raw, when Monday night football's on, right. That's the type of hardcore fan, the 1.8 million of them that watch raw that, I think you're going to start pivoting as we've seen, obviously with the, we want Cody stuff happening. So, um, so let's see what else chats you guys have, but then I will make sure to get to AEW. So Zach, thank you as always for the chat, the super chat. That is, uh, da, da, da. yep. You guys are really loving the bull rope match here in the comments. Um, uh, so, uh, I would agree. And we'll see also when, does anyone know in the chat, I'll pop you up here the last time, um, there was a bull rope match on WWE TV or was it WWF TV the last time? Cause I know, but that's not a, uh, a Vince thing that he liked. Um, so it is what it is, but, uh, Oh, I'm not Tyler to be fair. Sean, what did I, what did I say? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just saw that. So I don't know if you're arguing a point or not. So sorry, keep this, as pertinent as possible for the not live viewers, even though I do appreciate the live viewers and I was trying to get you guys priority here, but let's, let's just talk a little AEW, right? I think thus far in 2024, it's been good, a good pivot. The Samoa Joe stuff with uh, swerve and Adam page uh, chasing has felt as top level of a AEW main event scene in a long time, probably since I mean, Moxley, him kind of saving the company in that, you know, summer of 22, 
um, from a like not saving the company, obviously, but a high level, keeping that belt, making it feel important, defending it, um, having that run. That was the last time it felt as important as it does right now, based on the TV time, how it's presented, etc. So I think you got to, you know, give credit to Joe, to Swerve, to Hangman and to Tony Khan, right, for, for putting it in that position and making it the most important thing, giving it time, letting all those guys tell you why it's important for them to retain it or get it. Right. So just that is a microcosm you know, on the horizon. You potentially have Mercedes Monet, which seems like the leader in the clubhouse, CW. Same thing for Kazuchika Okada. You also have Will Ospreay coming in. So, you know, three pretty big potential signings. One is obviously for sure with Osprey. So let's say you have a, a Swerve um, or Hangman Page, what have you, right? I, I think Swerve would make more sense, especially if it's a triple threat, which is where I think this is going. Curious what your guys' thoughts are. See if there's any fresh comments on there. There's so many I have to uh, go there. So, yes, you guys are on the Swerve train as well. And uh, I would agree, right? Kind of saying what he said to Prince Nana. You know, while Prince Nana is fun and the dancing is fun, Swerve needs to be his own guy, um, as Sean says here in the chat. And you know, the crowd wants to cheer him. He's got a babyface moveset. He sells incredibly well, um, which can work as a heel and a babyface. But, you know, you're going to sell a lot more as a babyface, as we all know. So, um, you know, let's just hype it. Let's play it out that we get to that point and – Let's say it's a, a draw, a 20-minute time limit draw, um, and we get a triple threat. We get Joe, Swerve, and uh, Hangman in the main event. Swerve wins. You've got then, you know, let's say, an all-in. You're going to book probably Will Ospreay in that match as a thank you for the hometown crowd. Is that enough of a run for Swerve as the champion? Is MJF back in that time? Cole's back at that time. Um, let's hope Jay White's doing something a little bit better. Okada's having probably, you know, what, a match every pay-per-view at least as, as some sort of big thing. So you rotate through your Moxley's, your Danielson again if you want to do that story. A Joe in a loss can take him on. You know, there's just a million people that you can put um, with who you want to wrestle. Okada, who are currently healthy, right? Obviously not even considering Jay White who is healthy, but you know, the hurt people, we got Omega MJF when he comes back, obviously that's, that's a match. Um, so, you know, I just think there's like a lot of good potential, just the, the men's division, right? I mean, now that, uh, I forget the name of the person who was let go, but the person from stardom, if someone wants to put that in the chat, they know it's like, uh, off the, off the top of my head, I can't remember, but, um, you know, even that, like there's gonna be a potential influx of one-off talent from stardom. Now that the relationship, um, is 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 probably there and, and probably more of a pipeline for female talent. But you know, even on that, you've got Tony Storm doing good character work. Potentially Mercedes Monet as a top level star. Uh, you know, and honestly, the way AEW books women, like you only need you really only have the capacity for two or three women to be really over without them losing their their steam. You know, I hope that I wish that would be different, and maybe there'll be some change of that you know of you, know, you have five hours of content a week it's really need to be 15 
the 30 minutes of content. I don't know, but um, taking a chance on somebody and, and building that, I just think there's more potential, right? And you have people like Mercedes and Tony Storm in a good, good place. And, uh, you know, you can build stars and have good matches like they've attempted to do with, like, let's say, Daniel Garcia and a Wheeler Yuta, right? Um, not that those guys became big stars, but there was potential big matches, right? With a John Moxley, let's say, where those guys in a loss look good. And, you know, if you decide to run with them in the way that I think AEW's done a better job of, you know, when let's say when Zach and I are saying, like, hey, this person needs to make sure they're on TV the following week. And that's like the, the low bar that we want them to clear. And they have this year in AEW, right? If Swerve does something big, he's on the next episode of Dynamite. If whatever, right? Like let's say Okada or Mercedes debut, they're I would I would be like, I don't know if they're gonna be on the next episode of TV last year, the way that AEW was booking things. But now I'm fairly confident they're gonna continue the story. It seems like, you know, picking four women and six men to be like these are the top of each thing, and then picking, you know, putting Garcia with FTR. That's bolstering that uh, trios division. So just picking, you know, two tag teams, three tag teams, three six-man tag teams, like all that stuff seems like it's been um, a good call. And um, so yeah, we got some more super chats. So let's get to that. We're, it looks like we're going back to WWE. So we'll pop over with Matt. Thank you again. Is Dwayne a psyop to stop the bad press? I don't think so. I think Dwayne is a guy that would want to avoid as much bad press as possible, but maybe he could say. Made him an offer he couldn't refuse $30 million in stock options that can obviously, if things go well, turn into $60 million, right? You're not going to get $30 million in stock itself the next day. That would not be super prudent. So does he hold that for a long time and that turns into $100 million? And is he willing to do the work to put a good face on a potential issue that they know Vince is coming out about Vince and you need to do that? Maybe, but uh, the Occam's razor of, of it all is that I don't think it was he was brought on to just be a psyop, right? It might be a nice icing on the cake, but I don't think that specifically. So, um, and then Matt again, thank you, Matt. They had Rock in conversation since 2016 to Russell Roman. Why now, with the most prime baby face they have, does it suddenly work for Dwayne? Depends, right? I mean, I think 2016, in my opinion, Dwayne Johnson is probably the most recognizable celebrity at least in movies, right? He's the biggest movie star in the world. He is, I mean, it's, it's not an apt comparison, but think of like, I guess I'm showing my age here a little bit, but like when Will Ferrell left um, SNL in like 2000, 2001, he left somewhere around there. I remember like it was pre IMDB, but it's like, man, there's some variety article that he's got 11 movies lined up back to back to back to back to back. And that's like, that whole era, Elf, and all that stuff, right? Like, we're you cannot get away from Will Ferrell, and they kind of got over it, right? I think Rock was there, right? Doing Disney stuff, doing every action movie under the sun, being part of the Fast and Furious franchise, and then getting his own spinoff within the Fast and Furious franchise. And that all kind of um, built up, built up, built up as, like, this guy makes these makes everything better, peak of stardom, then you get Black Adam, you're starting to like crest down that hill like happens to all celebrities, right? Um, like will probably happen to Taylor Swift when this new album drops in April. I'm sure it will not. Not every song will be, you know, top 10 on Billboard. It'll probably be 
post or right at the Super Bowl is probably absolute peak Taylor Swift, and we're going to start going on the slope of cultural relevance, right? Because she's got that 10-year buildup. And I think that Dwayne 2016 does not need, in his mind, need this, right? But now he's merged the, the XFL and USFL, and his daughter is in the company, wants to make sure she's in a good spot. Obviously, that's worked for her so far since Dwayne's came on board. And he could also use like a little bolster, whether it's to his ego or for prospects of, hey, I don't get anything I want Greenlit anymore. I need to reestablish myself, be part of these huge deals with Netflix, with TKO, be everywhere on UFC and WWE and on Peacock and Netflix, all these sort of things, right? And that in his mind is like revitalizing, being a, a little bit of juice, if you will, from a bodybuilding standpoint um into the career so that that's that's what i think is happening here and i, I don't know why i took your comment down matt if people are late but it was in relation to this right and i think that it is you know he you know i think we could all agree Dwayne does not care in the slightest about them having the biggest baby face they've had because in his mind i think i'm pretty safe in saying this that Dwayne johnson thinks the rock is the biggest baby face at any given time whenever he decides to turn it on i'm also pretty sure that hulk hogan thinks that and I also think Stone Cold Steve Austin would think that. So I think it's just like being that alpha top guy of a certain era. You always think that you're fine and you politicking, high-stepping somebody. Um, it's just part of the business, right? And they're not the rock. And as we've seen in lots of articles of, you know, I, there's one, I think it was on Bleacher Report. They like, or it was from like another site, but they had referenced it that the headline was like, WWE has their biggest WrestleMania match in decades and the fans are mad about it, question mark, why? Or why, question mark, comma, why, question mark. So, you know, there's just that inside, outside of, I think it's more beneficial for Dwayne to do it now than it was in 2016. And he can also pull a lot of cards and make a lot of cash. So I think it's, you know, again, the Occam's razor of it all. So, um, so, oh, you guys got some more, Matt. And then we'll go to Zach after this. AW finally feels main event since Mox and Punk. Yeah, I mean, that... And I was there. That was in Cleveland. The weird Rocky Three story being started where you have it's the start of the second hour. It's Mox. It's Punk. World title unification match. Mox wins in like a minute. And then they go to the pay-per-view and, and Punk wins. And that's, you know, Punk's last title moment in AEW. Very strange. It has felt like that's like the, the point in a, from a historical perspective where AEW was a little off the rails for a year plus, but feels like we are swerving back, no pun intended, into that that good version of it. So, Zach, completely off topic, but Tracy Chapman's performance at the Grammys last night was absolute magic. I agree. I watched the Grammys last night uh, instead of NXT TakeOver, so maybe Zach and I were the two that did that. That's why we're not talking about NXT TakeOver here. I'll let Zach do that um, going forward. I, I'm, I, I didn't see an email pop through, but assuming he would have done a write-up on that. But, um, yeah, it was great. And a big surprise when Tracy Chapman does not perform um, really ever. And I was shocked that her and Luke Bryan, right, is his name? Zach Bryan? There's a lot of Bryans in country music that I'm not super well-versed in. But, yeah, great performance. I thought the Grammys were really good overall. Um, you know, it's kind of got the award thing correct. And that there's, like, six awards and everything else is, like, the content you care about. And music is different, right? You can't do that in the Oscars because then... That would be just like, hey, here's some clips of movies and that's it. 
So it's harder. You got to have more Luke Combs. Thank you, Zach. Luke Combs. Uh, is there a Luke Bryan? Is that also a person? So at least I don't feel too bad if there is a Luke Bryan. But yeah, Luke Combs was the singing that with Tracy Chapman. So um, yeah, I, I like the, the way the Grammys was set up. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. So um, all right. Well, I think that's a good side point. I'm trying to keep these to about a half hour so I don't overindulge you guys in all the takes. But we got a big Raw tonight. I'm excited to see what happens. Um, you know, will there be blood? I don't know. But does Cody talk about this at all? I don't know. Classic WWE style would be like, you think there's going to be so much to say, and then you get nothing. And uh, then you're like, okay, I guess there's nothing. I guess we're just going to take this, take the L as a group, and uh, go from there. So I appreciate, like, immensely all of you guys coming here today, supporting the, the first of the solo shows on this platform, the Super Chats. If you did, like, thank you so much. If you, if you couldn't, also I understand completely. Um, but yeah, like you guys are incredible. I love each and every one of you as platonically as someone possibly could. So thank you. And also, if you're not, again, please subscribe to the channel, hit the bell notifications so and get all our great content that we do week, week every weekday now, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, and you can also check out our Patreon at Breast Ring Media on Patreon. Uh, exclusive podcasts, exclusive uh, written stuff from Zach and I, now that Robert's part of the team as well, hopefully to expand the team ever more so. And uh, again, really, I mean, I'll be there watching Robert on Thursday, but please support him. He's great. If you've never seen anything he, he's done, he's got his own channel as well. But uh, very excited to join, have him join the team. And uh, yeah, thank you guys as always. So until tomorrow, I will uh, see you guys later.